0: Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. This particular episode is from a series we call Conversations with a Collective, In this series, I am accessing the depth and the breadth of the collective human consciousness on planet Earth. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the questions and comments that I receive back from the collective. Enjoy! For those of you that don't know, my book, my first book, is now out. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or an Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a child of love. This book is going to change your life. This book is about manifestation. I also wanted to let you know that I have charged it personally for anybody that purchases this book to literally set you up with the right frequencies for abundance. Literally, this book is going to be a true catalyst in your life. I'm not kidding you guys. There is real white magic that is working through this book. There is a barrier to entry that, you know, I as a being of light, I I have my own guides that work with me. Um, they wanted to have a barrier to entry on the ancient knowledge that came through this book, right? Hence the price. But but if you feel serious about unlocking your abundance, this is the book for you guys. I'm not kidding. It's going to work with your body, with your energy field on more levels than one. It is a multi-layered book. There are only a few books like that. On the face of planet Earth today, it is quite rare. So, if you want to check it out, and if you want to really, literally notice and see the big difference of, and having your life transform, highly recommend you get yourself a copy. Do yourself a favor; you'll thank me later, I promise. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with a Collective. Today we have a fun one that came through that I wanted to talk to you about, and the topic for the day is going to be past lives or past life regressions. Um, Yeah, we have made an episode or two, I believe, in the past um, around this topic, but it is a very deep one. It's uh, rich material, potentially. So I figured we will come back. Plus, also because of The wonders of this new format, I actually get to have a little bit of a QA and a session with you guys, uh, the listeners of this podcast, but really the breadth and the depth of the human collective on planet Earth. Um, Essentially, the way it feels from my perspective is it feels like the biggest ever um, talk, (laughs) as in I I can kind of see everybody um, who is currently alive on planet Earth. As sitting um, in the audience so this is actually a really really fun format for me because I get to interact with you guys from my perspective in real time and yeah it does feel like um you yeah, like a conversation in in many many ways okay so let's dive right into past lives um, as always I will uh, probably give you a little bit of... You know, in our overview on past lives, whatever feels uh, like it needs to come through in the moment, we are operating in a state of flow. Obviously, I don't rehearse for this. Um, and then, of course, we're going to do the live Q&A session because something tells me you guys have a lot of questions about past lives, um, about past life regressions. And I am here to dispel the myth or uh, the myths or clear things up for you, whatever you were wondering. All right. So let's dive right in. If you have been listening to this ca- podcast for you know, some time, you know that um, I uh, not only believe in, but I support reincarnation. I know that to be the truth of the universe. Um, your oversoul, uh, you know, over time, as it yearns for fulfillment, as it yearns for evolution, and as it yearns for development, chooses to split itself into various streams of consciousness Um, And each of these individual streams goes through experiences that you guys refer to as lives or a life in particular, right? Because, you know, it's not necessarily quote unquote proven (laughs) that there are many lives. Um, Enough of you actually believe that um, this is it. This one life that you have, whatever um, hand you've been dealt is the one and only. And, you know, maybe there is some version of afterlife. Um, Maybe there isn't. But of course, from. The higher perspective, everything is a continuity or a continu- continuum, should I, uh, shall I say, literally of, uh, it's a cycle of death and rebirth, uh, and then death and rebirth again. Um, and then that keeps, keeps on going for as long as you um, exist within the current vertical that um, you were born into as a soul. Now, not to get not to get too lofty. Um, this may not be the only rule of the universe. Um, the universe tends to change its rules um, over time. Now, these shifts happen over massive, massive, uh, e- like periods of time. And I know when I say time, this is probably an incorrect word to use because there's no the construct of time, while real in third dimensional worlds and in the matrix, is not necessarily a concept that. At high, from higher perspective makes sense. So what makes sense from the higher perspective is the presence or the absence of something. What I mean by that is, you know, at any point, your soul um, operates at a certain frequency. So that frequency contains certain things and does not contain others. So, you know, the unit of measurement at soul level is not time necessarily, but more so the kind of energy that at any point in time you have incorporated and you are emanating or you have achieved for that matter right so as you move up as your soul uh, develops um, over time you know you kind of get to jump larger levels and um, sometimes these levels mean that you get to learn from newer high dimensional teachers and it you know certain souls choose to um, have periods of time without incarnating altogether however as a general rule souls incarnate and that is just a fact. Because of that, uh, by now, all of you, without any exception, all of you have accumulated quite a number of experiences that we can refer to as your past lives. Now, again, because the construct of time is only that which belongs to um, the matrix worlds, right? Although uh, virtual, this, this virtual reality that you guys all live in, technically speaking, from my perspective, um, these are going to be all of your existing lives, as opposed to past lives. But for the simplicity's sake, um, let's just refer to them as your past lives. Because once you know a certain life is created, once you undergo through a particular experience, essentially it goes it goes into the larger soup of your Akashic record field or your memory bank, however you want to think about it, and it just joins the entirety of you as an existence. From your perspective of soul, like your soul is not going to think of that experience as a experience because that experience is going to very much inform the type of at least a portion of the energies of your higher self as a you know that stream that was initially projected or originally projected is integrated back into the fullness of your higher self so essentially your higher self would perceive all of the experiences that it had at one point in time as a part of itself and that is just that from your perspective um, you you would think in, you know, of these types of experiences as quote-unquote past lives or things that kind of like happened before, right? Again, we're going to use this terminology just for simplicity's sake. Um, there are also certain number of lives that, you know, certain parallel streams, shall I say, right? So at this point, you know, your higher self upstairs has most likely split itself into more than one stream. So for those of you that are undergoing that experience, those lives, for all intents and purposes, can be called parallel lives. As soon as one of these incarnations is over, again, it joins the entirety of your higher self and thus could be considered or construed a past life. Um, okay, so the concept of past lives, I mean, it has been studied um, by, I mean, it, it, Right now, it's it's kind of like becoming a little bit more mainstream than I think in a, it has been in a while. But uh, for a while there, it's been really reduced to the domain of the occult, or the hidden knowledge. So um, it would be, you know, kind of like hushed um, as far as like the mainstream consciousness is concerned. Um, it was not something that was very much discussed or taught right? Or pursued as a learning, as a knowledge, as a field of study. But it wasn't always that way um, on planet Earth. Um, Depending on, um, you know, which dimension you incarnate in, you're going to have a different level of access to your past lives. Um, Certain dimensions, actually, and certain beings um, choose to incarnate without Uh, undergoing through the veil of forgetfulness so there are certain dimensions um where the veil of forgetfulness essentially does not exist and you would be undergoing an experience knowing full well um you know what happened with you before however generally speaking there is some type of veil that separates you know your incarnations from your higher self there are many reasons why the veil exists part of it is um it is believed by The creators of the system that it actually uh, speeds up it uh, accelerates learning Um, it's actually been proven time and time again that um, when souls actually especially in lower dimensions when they don't know and they kind of like feel like they're undergoing certain experience from scratch they're able to learn faster Um, because lower dimensional worlds this one included um, it is a dimension where negative emotions have exceptional magnitude. What I mean by that is they, they're very strong. And third dimensional world actually is considered to be the dimension of fear. And fear is one of those emotions that really is what I would call a foundational emotion. So um, not only is it ever present in third dimensional worlds and it's taking up a big chunk of somebody's emotional bank um, or emotional bandwidth, as in people in third-dimensional worlds, beings in third-dimensional worlds experience fear quite often and quite a lot. So the quantities of that emotion that their um, their body takes in and emits on a, on a daily basis um, is is quite high compared to you know other type worlds, um, and because of that. Um, Fear actually coupled with memories of past failure is a really, really bad recipe. It's a recipe for disaster. Um, it's been proven time and time again that um, people, you know, that, are succumb- that you know, can easily succumb to the emotion of fear, if they also remember all the 70 ways that they failed at something, with a likelihood of almost 100% would fail again. So essentially, they would just manifest the future that is the exact copy of their past. Because fear as an emotion, as a frequency, is one of those emotions that prevents you from creating change in your life. So fear-based realities, fear-based worlds, are the worlds where um, progress is really slow, painfully so. Um, And so honestly, like one of the easier ways to get third-dimensional worlds to produce any kind of progress and any kind of Um, evolution is to introduce um, like a pretty much full on 100% amount of the veil of forgetfulness which is why obviously you come here and you don't remember anything about anything Um, you don't necessarily remember any of your past lives because you don't remember any of your past lives the concept of your higher self for a lot of you unless you start to awaken is not real right um, it's actually a lot easier for you to believe that there is a greater consciousness outside of yourself, such as God, you know, or Goddess for that matter. It's easier for you to believe that that is the case than there is an aspect of you that essentially is so evolved, you know, that aspect of you upstairs that I refer to as your, you know, oversoul, your higher self, your soul, if you will, that that aspect of you is so much more evolved than from your perspective, that is also God you know, that is how powerful that is, right? So for like a lot of people, that is a really hard pill to swallow indeed. Now, um, as we're moving uh, towards, um, or through, shall I say, the the massive shakeup that is, it you know, essentially started um, a little bit, um, well, it started in the last century, but now it's it's coming in full force. And essentially, it's like the big, massive earthquake is how I would describe it and not just one earthquake but it's like a series of earthquakes that are you know have been designed by greater intelligence so that you as uh, a species can evolve and so that you as a species can wake up to the entirety of who you are and what I mean by that is that you as a species can actually come to a deeper understanding and a remembering that this part of you that you consider to be you is just a small fractal in the large entity that, you know, is considered your your higher self, essentially, your oversoul. And through that knowledge, right, you will get perspective. Because it's actually really impossible to have, you know, to be awakened to the idea that you have a higher self. It is quite impossible to really be awakened to the fact that you've lived all these past lives and especially, you know, have a good memory of these past lives and still, um, not feel empowered to make change and, and meaningful shifts in your life. Right? So it kind of like comes with the territory. There are a lot of perks, trust me to coming in full alignment with the knowledge of who you are in your entirety, because a lot of you are judging yourself by who you've been this life. And this is a big, 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 massive miss, missed opportunity. There's an opportunity cost for not remembering who you are. Now, of course, as you start, you know, you may ask me, well, hold on a second. You just said that there is a veil of forgetfulness because it serves us. And now you're saying something completely and entirely different. Like, you know, why don't you guys start remembering all of your past lives? Now, of course, if we were meant to remember past lives, wouldn't we already come here remembering our past lives? And this is actually a really, really good argument, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, f- for this point. Here's the deal. When you start working with your past lives, when you start awakening to the, fa- to the entirety of who you are, you're not working in a vacuum. You are never alone. You are always guided through that experience. There is always a set of guides. There are actually a few souls that are watching over you at any point in time. At the very minimum, it is your twin flame, uh, your higher self, um, your guide for this incarnation. There is one. It is assigned above and beyond your twin flame. Uh, And then there is what's called the karmic board. So it's a group of souls that essentially... Uh, record the different, make sure that the karmic events are being recorded truthfully and they're being uploaded to the sectors of the Akashic field. They're meant to be uploaded for for posterity and for good record keeping. That's one. But they also determine what types of karma um, you are able to work through um, during this incarnation. And then essentially they're kind of like either... Open up the floodgates or, you know, act as gatekeepers to how much karma they would enable uh, or allow to come through for you to deal with, essentially. Now, the karmic board is exceptionally vigilant. The karmic board is always watching over you. And, you know, on top of that, on top of these, like, few roles, like, at at the very minimum, you're always going to have these beings on the other side watching over you. That is at the very bare, bare minimum. There is often way more than that. There are certain souls that, you know, want to be your guides. Um, and, you know, they would just volunteer or sometimes like prior to incarnating, you would have a contract with them, where whereas they're supposed to give you certain messages during this lifetime. In other words, long story short, you're never alone. Because of that, and going back to the original question here is, is uh, you know, the conundrum between should I be remembering my past lives or should I not? When you start, when you embar- embark on the journey of remembering who you are at soul level and trying to remember the past lives, this experience is going to be extremely guided and, and foolproof, essentially. Because souls on the other side understand that you're operating under very harsh conditions, uh, essentially full amnesia and uh, blindfolds, kind of, or tunnel vision, You know, tunnel vision at best, blindfolds at worst, right? So they understand that it's got—it's kind of like you—you're—you're like a a a baby that cannot see and doesn't remember anything. So, in in other words, your guides on the other side understand that you need assistance and you need um, a lot of help. And so, when you go through the experience of trying to remember your past lives, unless a certain life would unless it would serve you from the perspective of your guides to remember a particular life, you will not, you won't be able to remember it at this point in time. It's it's like, um, although imagine, um, imagine, um, imagine like a large library where essentially every section is a reserved section like it's a it's a locked up section of the library right and that isn't just the the Akashic records Um, the Akashic records is not an open it's not an open library it's not an open book in order to be able to get information from the Akashic records you actually have to have different levels of access Um, and so essentially all of your past lives are kind of like uh, memories they're kind of behind a seal so every single one of them uh, is under a seal and um, you won't be able to access that memory unless somebody upstairs kind of br- temporarily lifts the seal or breaks the seal for you. Uh, now, there are some exceptions to the rule. Um, and that exception is if a soul comes through here onto this, onto this plane of existence, having inherently already having access codes generally that happens though for souls that come with some type of planetary mission where it would serve them above and beyond just like kind of like a selfish personal gain it would serve them to have access to the akashic record field Um, essentially if they're trying to heal on the planetary level or teach on the planetary level or um, you know be um, bring bring about some other kind of change so those types of beings may have All of these seals, kind of like it could be fair game to them, um, and um, they can have full access. But as a general rule, you as a soul won't even have full access to the fullness of your own personal Akashic Record field, let alone the collective Akashic Record field, and let alone of planet Earth. And now I'm not even going to go. Um, you know, higher, such as like the, the Milky Way galaxies or a galaxy of the neighboring galaxies, because, you know, with all of these um, access codes, uh, you essentially need higher and higher levels of access uh, to be able to work with um, the different sections of this um, library. Now, um, in other words, uh, or in, in not so many words, should I say, um, your guides are always on the lookout on how to, on how to help you the best. One of the easiest ways for them to help you is through showing you uh, information that you're ready to see from your past lives. Um, That is just one way. It's a very common way. It's a way that I hope can become even more common because understanding your past lives, especially your pillar, like your cornerstone lives, your foundational lives can be very, very important. Um, And again, because this is a guided Exercise. this is a guided playground, essentially, um, you will only be given access to certain lives that serve you and that you can handle and they can physically process or mentally process, shall I say, and you're not going to be given access to the lives that could potentially hurt you or throw you off of your access, right? And, and your guides are watching over that. A couple of things. Um, a, not enough, from my perspective, not enough uh, humans today have attempted to look into their past lives. So I hope we can change that, to be honest. Because, again, like, why why should, uh, why should you bother? A lot of trauma, a lot of the things that stop you, a lot of your fears, a lot of the things that you cannot explain within your body, as well as your life, are, are patterns from before. And you, it, you know, those patterns essentially all join your subconscious. The great, the great realm of your subconscious, and they become instinctual to you. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are certain things, like instincts are really, really hard to eradicate. It's kind of like something that's bigger than you or something that just takes over. You know how like sometimes like somebody really triggers you out of, I don't know, all of a sudden, I don't know. It could be like you're cool, calm and collected. Somebody says something about, I don't know, it something. They say something, you know, it may not even be to you. It may be just in a group setting. And you get so triggered and you go from 0 to 100 miles a minute in terms of your anger in 3 seconds flat. That is a trigger. You don't ever control uh, your triggered response if whatever the trigger is, right, is somehow connected to the realm of your subconscious. Essentially, your subconscious runs the show until you shine the light on what the trigger is. And that is the way for you to bring it into the conscious mind. Once you bring it into the conscious mind, that pattern doesn't run you anymore. You run the pattern. In other words, if you don't want to live your life on autopilot, if you want to make changes in your life, if you want to start moving in the right direction and feeling like you're actually making progress, then you are going to have to address the things that trigger you. You are going to have to address, you know, the people that get you out outside of your comfort zone or infuriate you or cause any type of negative emotion within you, right? Because these are just signs that there is something in your quote-unquote past or in your energy field that is not healed or healed completely. And so because it's not healed, you're starting to react instead of respond. It's kind of like a knee-jerk reaction that you cannot control, and not only does that create more trauma for you and solidify your previous instincts, because every time like a trigger you react to a trigger a certain way, that response is solidified within your personal set of patterns, so that next time it's actually going to be even harder for you to transcend that pattern. Right? So it's kind of like, you know, getting worse and worse and worse until you actually shed the light, become cognizant of not just the pattern itself, but the big why and very often for enough of you that the answer lies in your past lives. Like never in a million years would you be able to look into your childhood or look into how you were raised or look into i don't know any anything else from the past from this life to try to get answers. Quick example. A lot of people feel they're going to be crappy parents and they do so when they're very young like way before that, you know, way before they've ever had experience of being a parent, right? Like, what does that come from? Well, that comes from actually a past memory of some sort, most likely, right? Because it's almost like a knowing, right? It's like a knowing, oh, I think I'm a crappy parent. Or I'm going to be a crappy parent. And how do you know that? It's because there's probably something in your past, you know, certain things, certain um, experiences that you've had, certain events that transpired that made you think that, And now all of a sudden you have a belief, but you don't know where that came from. So understanding your past lives is really important if you're looking to live a life where you essentially run the show instead of your old outdated patterns and your wounds, your old wounds running the show for you. So that's one. One reason to look into your past lives. It's healing um, and essentially progress. Two, the greater understanding of who you are in the universe sounds lofty however um, you're living uh, and I kind of started that thought and never finished it you're living your life like this is it right like the me whoever I am is the entirety of my painting but you are merely just one stroke and say that you perceive yourself as color white and please bear with me for this analogy right if you're a stroke of paint let's see you perceive yourself as color white Without missing the context, you don't know if you're the stroke on the petal of the white rose or are you a stroke on a pair of trousers or are you a a stroke of white paint on the fluffy clouds in the sky? Like which stroke are you? The only thing you know is white. But what is the grander picture? What is the grander painting that your higher self is, is working on? You know, you don't have that vantage point. If you didn't know the answer to that, decision-making would be exceptionally easy. And not only that, but you would come into bigger authenticity. I am a big believer that we're walking into an age of authenticity. Um, I personally am very excited about authentic communication. I think humanity is ready for authentic communication. I think humanity is finally ready to start treating Logos, the word of God, and the, the word of, you know, the words, essentially, with as much integrity as, as they deserve. Now, as we're moving into a, word of auth- a world of authenticity, one way that's going to help us get there is bigger understanding, like better understanding of who we are at soul level. Because if you think that you're just a white stroke of paint, it's very hard for you to make decisions. Because the decisions that the white, you know, the being that cares about white roses would make as opposed to the being that cares about painting the white pants as opposed to the being that cares about painting the cloud are going to be very, very different. If, if you know what I mean, right? And very often your decisions that you're making in your day-to-day lives, they're a little bit short-sighted. And how can they be otherwise? You're missing the picture. You don't even know the picture, the painting that you're, you're working on. For all of these incarnations, you know, it may be your life number 10,000 working on the white flower and you have no idea. And by the way, you may have failed 9,000 times already, right? So um, understanding the bigger picture leads to better authenticity. Better authenticity leads you to living your best lives and most fulfilled lives yet. Because when you know who you are at soul level, it's actually decision-making becomes really seamless. Is this in alignment with who I am or is this not? How can you even answer that question if you don't know who you are? It's actually, as I'm scanning humanity, who am I is like still one of the questions that is like, literally, most people don't have answer. Who am I truly? Outside of, you know, labels that you put on yourself, such as daughter, husband, woman, man, you have no idea. And that is kind of sad. Um, Another reason of why you would want to work with your past lives is understanding your gifts, understanding your special talents, understanding um, what you can offer to this world. Uh, Very often, you know, um, evolution is not linear. Very often, evolution happens in in certain spurts or certain um, patterns. Essentially, all evolution paths have a pattern. Like there is a method to to the madness of your higher self, and essentially, very often, your higher self chooses to practice certain skill sets, or certain qualities, and very often, as you look back into your past lives, you will be able to perceive yourself in a you know because like it's essentially as you're going to be looking at your past lives, you're going to be looking at yourself, but from a perspective of a third you know, a third-person perspective, right? So you would be, uh, you, you know, you would be able to understand, you know, what kind of being you were, you know, what qualities you had, you know, what kind of qualities did you um, exhibit that were positive and also were negative. And then essentially, again, like, um, you, um, the interesting part is there is a way for you to copy-paste certain things from your past life, Um, in terms of even knowledge or certain skill set if and that's a big if if that is meant to be and if that serves you in other words if copy pasting something from your past life does not serve you your guides are not going to enable you to do that they're not going to allow you to do that and also um, it would enable you to build more confidence in different areas of your life because if you would see yourself you know being in certain situations or being good at certain things um, it would be easier for you to believe that you can be great at those things here in this life as well also because everything is essentially a pattern um, once you practice a certain muscle enough times that muscle becomes developed and um, at soul level right say you've had 10 incarnations as a really really well-renowned painter chances are that in this particular life, painting would come really easily to you. And whatever would take certain beings, certain souls 20 years to learn, you would literally learn in 20 days. And so this is essentially your superpowers, right? You can always, always, always use your superpowers. And of course, on the flip side, what's also very helpful and kind of goes back full circle um, is all the things that, you know, you're working on. You can get all types of insights about what not to do, right? If you look in your past lives and that could be a wealth of knowledge in and of itself. That was like the quick overview around past lives. Um, I wanted, oh, there's one more thing that um, I forgot to tell you. Um, I wanted to though. Um, I don't know if this is gonna come through as a question or not because I wanted, to, I would do wanna take questions today. Um, I wanna do the Q&A format. But here's the deal. When you start working with past life regression and trying to remember your past lives, you're gonna move in a certain direction. Essentially, there there is a way that your incarnations are being clustered. And you can think of it as like concentric circles. So imagine like a bunch of concentric circles. you know, with like the smallest one being in the middle and then there are like larger concentric circles that are, um, you know, kind of like surrounding it, um, each one bigger than the one um, next to it. And so it's like a bunch of concentric circles. And so um, essentially if you're in the middle, right, like in the very middle, like you're a point or a dot in the middle, when you start going, going into your past lives, the concentric circle that surrounds you is going to be lives, you know. It's like all of the lives that are most similar to the life that you're living right now are going to be clustered closest to you. Um, what are you know? How does um, how do similarities get determined? Couple of couple of ways. First is planetary similarity. So the lives on planet Earth that you lived are going to be clustered closer to you. Um, in in this particular framework or um, in your field. Uh, For many reasons, it is actually believed that that serves your soul because certain experiences that you have on a particular planet are very relevant to other experiences that you've had on, on, on that planet. And so the universe m- wants to make these experiences more accessible to you via dream state, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, and past life regressions. So it would cluster them closer to where you are so that you can easier access them. Because for souls to go outside into the outer concentric circles is actually a little a lot more work. It's a lot more energy intensive. And in fact, it sometimes takes quantum leaps that younger souls are not able to make or if you're depleted, you're not going to be able to make. So it, it all again is, is going to take a toll on your energy uh, stream and, and, and your energy, um, the health of your energy pool as well. So the inner circle is um, the lives on, on the particular planet. And even like if we wanted to divide them further, fir- f- first, they're kind of like lives of the same gender. Like you having lived at the same gender is going to be like in the most, most, most um, in like closest um, proximity to you. And then timeframes also matter. So like your most recent lives uh, would kind of come first. And when I say recent, I actually mean human timeframes. So if you were living in the 21st century, you know, the 20th century is going to be the closest to you. The 17th century is going to be a little bit farther down. The 12th century is going to be down still. Um, it's like further removed now uh it also goes for future lies and I don't want to blow your framework out of the water right now because future lies what you would consider future life I would consider just like I would consider past life how do i explain it in the way that your brain doesn't collapse right now here's the deal i guess we're going there i guess we're going there uh, because how else can i explain the clusterization principle to you because time is not linear a couple of things happen imagine that your higher self essentially has you know, before incarnating, it has a couple of movies that it can participate in. Um, Each movie, you know, is like a video game of sorts. Like, you can play Mario Brothers or it can play War of Warcraft. And, you know, obviously, Mario Brothers and War of Warcraft are very different worlds. But not only are they different worlds, they're kind of like different time frames and they have like different properties, etc, etc, etc. Now, your higher self, you know, um, has access to the entirety of the game, like all of the levels of Mario Brothers and all of the levels of War of Warcraft. And at a certain level of proficiency, it can actually drop you into any part of that game. In other words, it doesn't only have to drop you into level one, it can drop you into level 100, if that makes sense. In other words, planet Earth consciousness um, is, a, is a game right, that kind of like not dissimilar to the War of Warcraft uh, from the perspective of your higher self. Now your higher self can drop you into year 2099 or it can drop you into year 3099 and it doesn't matter from that from your perspective here one is the future and the other one is the past because all of these options exist for your higher self if that makes sense. Okay, I don't know if I just confused you more than I should have. And if I did, I apologize. But as I'm talking about the clusterization principle, future years that are very, very far removed, like year 5,000 or 6,000, are going to be further away in the concentric circles. And very um, close-up future, like year 2200, for instance, is going to be closer accessible to you. Now, as a default unless you specify from this point in time that you want to look into a quote-unquote future life, you're going to, by default, get into the lives that chronologically happened before year 2021 or before this year that you're, you know, you're you're listening uh, or working with us during. Now, more in the clusterization principle. So timing really matters, right? Closest incarnations are the ones that are easily accessible to you. Closest in terms of time timeframes. Um, the next set of incarnations are going to be any incarnations that you've had in the physical proximity to planet Earth. So if you've incarnated essentially anywhere else in the Milky Way galaxy, those are going to be considered neighboring incarnations. So it's going to be a lot easier for you to access those. Um, then the next concentric circle that is a little harder to access are the neighboring galaxies. And then, you know, and uh, and then you kind of like expand from there. There are certain worlds that you have incarnated in, in certain times and everything, that are so far removed from here, that chances are you're not going to be shown those types of lives unless there is a very specific ask. Why? Because again, you're... Um, guides are watching over you at any point in time as they're looking at you from upstairs. And generally speaking, they're not going to show you something that is so far removed from the experience that you're having right now because they're trying to show you a memory that is going to be most applicable to you in your current body, on your current planet, at this point in time. Which very often would mean a life that is very similar to the one that you are living right now, in some way, shape, or form, right? Lives on, you know, in, in far removed, far away galaxies, may not be that. Um, what else? Actually, sorry, I, I wanted to say one more thing before we go into the Q and A. What I find to be quite interesting and quite fascinating is karmic relationships, um, as it relates to, uh, you know, past life regression. Enough of you are dealing with relationships on planet Earth. Not enough of you are using past life regression and past life analysis to get yourself out of, you know, toxic patterns or even to try to understand your toxic patterns or any patterns that you need to fix in the first place. You may be attracting a certain kind of partner over and over again or there is a person in your life that may trigger you or let's say you've had a best friend and that best friend backstabbed you, you know, very often what you're left with when you like lose someone, you have a falling out with somebody, somebody betrays you. If there is any type of mishap as it relates to relationships, there is all this pain and all this trauma that I witness on planet Earth. And because you guys essentially are not trained to look beyond the, the present essentially and um, and to try to understand the root cause and the why behind the things that are happening to you, not, you know, um, in your life, it's very hard for you to work through that pain and very often that pain again ends up in a particular part in your body that is going to produce some, some type of disease for you later. Here's what I would recommend. For any relationship that you feel is critical or pivotal In your life especially if you have questions about that relationship i would go personally i would personally go and look up the most important lives that you lived with that person to try to understand the pattern that you that is happening here the pattern that you're running you know who was that person for you before what was the role that um? you know what were the roles that you were playing for each other and then what happened you know because you're going to get such a deep like wealth of knowledge from just understanding what happened in the past. By the way, in your karmic type relationships, they, just as often, you're the one that inflicts pain as the one whose pain is being inflicted upon. So sometimes, right, like you're, you may not understand the root cause of the particular relationship unless you look up a particular life that, um, you know, connected you. And then, you know, if you did do that, you would understand that you're actually the culprit of this whole karmic situation, right? Like, you're the backstabbing one, or you are the one that, like, left somebody alone. Or you are the one that, I don't know, um, didn't, didn't want to pay child support or something. And then a lot of things become really, really clear. So, and so, literally, anytime that there is any type of relationship crisis, or if you're meeting somebody that feels familiar, kind of like a soulmate type relationship, Right? Um, I recommend going and checking up on what happened before this is going to be so 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 insightful for you guys also practice makes perfect once you're able to do past life regressions once you really fully understand how that works um, it's going to be like a piece of cake for you you would be able to connect very very quickly and it's because again like it's like a muscle that you train um And once you exercise that muscle enough, not only are your visions, you know, your memories, not only are they going to become brighter, more vivid and more easy, like easier for you to understand, but you're going to take less time to connect and you're going to be able to get straight into the most important part of that incarnation to dive in straight into the answer, as opposed to like kind of like cruising around, you know, looking at scene, you know, scene after scene after scene, trying to understand where the treasure is buried. If that makes sense. Okay, there is so much more I can still talk to you about, about past lives. I want to take a question from the collective. Again, um, anything that... Um, um, the way we do this Q&As, just as a reminder, um, I you as a listener of the podcast, you're not going to hear what is being asked of me, so I will hear and I will translate back to you. But from the collective, I actually um, urge you to come out and kind of like uh, volunteer if you feel that your question has... Um, you know, your question is important for the collective humanity, not just yourself, and if a lot of our listeners are going to benefit from it. So, uh, whatever your question is on past lives or regressions, um, I am ready to hear it, uh, please step up. Hmm. Did not expect this one. Uh, okay. How early the question is, how early can you start doing past life regressions? The question, uh, the answer is, uh, there is no such thing as too early. As in, if you're the parent, it is fairly safe for you to do that with your kid. Now, there is a simplified version that you can do for your child. In other words, no, they don't have to be 18 years old, 21 years old, or whatever you consider to be adult to participate in this. Because here's why. Uh, I know enough of you may be worried about like the psyche of your child, and is that going to mess them up? There were many, many, many cultures and many societies where two-year-olds and three-year-olds remember their past lives in fact and they're even on planet earth today there are some people that just kind of like come here with their um yeah like essentially protective fuses blown up so they they have their memories and it's not like these people are crazy or anything like in, in enough of them um <laughs> enough of them grow up just fine um in other words um If you feel cold, actually, to do a past life regression with your kid, I would encourage you to do so. It's actually very fun for your children. And there is no such thing as too early. In fact, in a lot of cultures, um, you know, in the past, there were a lot of children that by the age of like 12 or 15, they would know hundreds of their past lives. And imagine about that, like what, what kind of perspective it offers you. Because you, you already know, okay, like, you know, I'm great at this. I'm not so good at that. I, I stumble upon, you know, I generally stumble and fall when X and Y or Z happens, right? So I actually think that um, you can start as early as you feel called to. Um, I don't think that it's going to be, essentially, you can hurt your child by that at all. And by the way, it can be such a fun activity, like a family activity, um, and also, isn't that just a really, really great way for you to understand your child? And here's the deal. Here's how I'm confident that this is like not going to break your kid. Don't forget, your child, just like you, has guardians. They have guardian spirits. and Those guardian spirits never in a billion years are going to show something to your poor kid that's young, that's going to mess with their psyche. There's just no way. So don't worry, actually. And you can start as early as um, as you'd like. Um a couple of things here. What I see too much with humanity is well first enough of you are not even going to attempt this on your own. Enough of you are like, "Oh, I want a past life regression. Oh my god. Um I need a practitioner who can do a past life regression for me." No, you guys, past life regression needs to become a norm. It's 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 like, I don't know, it's like outsourcing sleep to somebody else. No, you can sleep, you sleep every night, like, it's natural to you, like, past life regressions are natural, like, there's no reason why you need to outsource that to a practitioner. Um, like, tarot readings, I could understand, you know, nobody gets birthed or born, uh, unless you are a tarot reader in the past life, But nobody gets born with understanding all the, whatever, 72 archetypes, and, um, it's, uh, 78, sorry, um, and, you have to learn that but past life regression is not that it's kind of like really like watching a movie so the most important thing there is connection once you establish a good connection connection you don't really need an outside help and in fact if you keep going to outside practitioners how often you do these is going to be very very limited because you you know who, who has that kind of time, right? Like with a practitioner, it's generally a two-hour endeavor and you have to go places. And even if it's over Skype, it's like a timed session and it's like all serious. What if you only have 15 minutes to try to understand what your karmic relationship is with the aunt of yours that just, I don't know, got really mad at you? Like, are you going to go to a practitioner all the time? So no, I actually strongly encourage you to learn yourself and I encourage you to trust what you see because enough of you actually don't trust what you see. And there's like a whole, you know, slew of reasons why. But, you know, the more you practice these, the more confident you're going to get in, you know, and and the more mm, comfortable you're going to get with the fact that, you know, the information that is coming through you is true and correct information. And by the way, one of the questions that's coming through the collective is, oh my God, what if I see somebody else's life? I mean, honestly, my answer is, so what? There is a reason why a certain life is being shown to you by your guides, by the way. There is a reason. If they showed you a life of somebody else, there is a reason for that. There is a lesson for you in whatever movie they chose to show you. So pay attention, right? Now, another thing that I don't see humanity doing, which is kind of upsetting, is being intentional with past life regressions. As in, even if, you take on a guided meditation, you want to go through past life regression, et cetera, et cetera. You're kind of just like, like you're you're too much in the flow. And I want you to understand that this is a tool and this is a tool that works for you and you have free will in this. Now, is it okay to rely on your guides and just be like, hey, the universe, show me whatever life I am meant to see right now. Yes, like you can do that. But for me, it's kind of like, I don't know, um, gambling a little bit. You could, and then, you know, whatever is the agenda of your spirit guides today is going to come through. I'm not saying that it's going to hurt you or anything. It's probably really terrific and wonderful. But I'm just saying that you also have full control over what gets shown to you. In other words, and what I find actually most useful and most helpful is when there is a very specific request from a human, from a being, uh, in regards to what life they want to see. Examples of a specific request. Can you please show me another relationship, sorry, another life where I'm in a relationship with the same person that it has informed or solidified the patterns that we have in this life? Because I don't understand where this pattern is coming from. Can you show me a life that we live together where this pattern was formed, right? So you make this intention. Another type of intention could be I don't know, can you show me um, a life where my wound around motherhood or fatherhood was created, you know, or a wound around being seen, etc., etc. right? Like, you can be very intentional with that, with the lives that you're able to see, or can you show me the life, my life from ancient Egypt? Like, you can name, like, a particular time, time frame or time period, um, I feel like I need to give you like an understanding and maybe, maybe we're not going to go into like a guided meditation because we actually did, I believe we did an episode on past lives and there is like a guided meditation there. Uh, but there's something I wanted to say uh, to, I want to tell you. So very often, again, first things first, very important to remember, you are in charge of the experience as it comes to looking at past lives. Um, One thing that I like to do, right, if I need the universe to, um, you know, show me what is like the right life for me to be focusing on is essentially imagine. And this is like, um, you know, in in a meditative state, like before you actually do the past life regression, you can imagine that you're standing in, um, in a round room. And from this round room, there are um, essentially five different doors, right? So like essentially there are five different doors that are surrounding you. And from this point, and essentially this room is going to be almost like a, a, a directory of your Akashic records, your personal Akashic record field. Now, why is it five? Five is plenty. There's a lot more, like you can imagine the room with like 12 different um, doors, but uh, I find 12 to be overwhelming uh, for a third dimensional world. So I like five because you guys are able to kind of like keep track of five. Here's what you want to do. You want to stand in the middle of that room with five doors. The doors are closed, but you know that these doors are essentially access points to every single life that you've ever lived. You want to state your intention in a meditative state really clearly. You want to say, okay, universe, God, guides, Please show me the life where I XYZ, whatever your request is. Can you show me the life where, I don't know, I died early because XYZ? Or can you please show me the life that um, gave me a fear of getting married? You know, so like you can be very, very specific with your request. So you state your request and you take three deep breaths. The universe is going to light up one of the doors for you from behind. So you're going to want to open that door. And when you open that door, whichever door lit up is perfect. And you will actually end up in a corridor. And it kind of like looks like a very long corridor with a bunch of doors. Kind of like, you know, in hotels, when they have hotels that are like, um that they have um very lengthy corridors when they have a lot of rooms on the same floor it kind of like looks like that it just like stretches for a while and there are doors on both sides like on the right side of that corridor and the left side of that corridor and you want to state your intention one more time here so whatever you ask the universe to show you you can ask them the universe to show you again be like okay universe please show me the life where you know I had trauma around marriage or whatever. Or, um, like you need to be specific with your request, and then you're gonna actually start seeing something really interesting. The doors that are in front of you, they're gonna start changing places. It's almost like um, uh, musical chairs, kind of. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, uh, but it's it's like the corridor is gonna remain the same, but the doors are gonna start rotating. And they're going to start rotating, rotating, rotating. And then, you know, there's going to be one door that's going to stop right next to you in that first spot where you're standing. It's generally on the left side of that corridor. And it's going to light up from from the other side. And that is how you locate the life that you want to see, if that makes sense, right? I just felt like this was a very, very important practice to give you because... um, Again, not enough of you are intentional with looking at lives. And so you actually have no clue around this process of selection on how to even select the correct life for you you to see, right? Enough of you um, are kind of like just leaving it up to chance or your guides. And that's why there are, even for like past life regression meditations that are out there in ether floating around, you you know, on the face of planet Earth, one thing that is very common is like you know, all these guided meditations, all these teachers are going to tell you about how to regress yourself into a life, but they're not going to tell you about how to find the life that you want to be seeing today, right? So again, it's a little bit more like I'm feeling lucky as opposed to I'm feeling intentional. And I would like for you guys to start being more intentional because the more intentional you are with your past life regression, the more actionable the insides are going to get out of it. Because very often, when you're very intentional about, about what you want to see, it's like a dead giveaway that your soul is ready to take action on shifting that karmic nod or making change, meaningful change, around that aspect of your life. As opposed to what your guys are showing you, may be the number one thing that you need to see right now, but it doesn't mean that you're ready to take action on what you're seeing or you're ready to take on and accept the healing if that makes sense, right? So if you want the most actionable past life regression, then it actually is really, really helpful for you to be very intentional about the selection of life itself. I'm ready to, for one more question from the collective, anything that you wanted to ask about past life, uh, past lives in general, regressions, or um, anything else around that, that you think is going to serve the human collective, come through right now. My dear friend, please pardon this quick interruption. If you like our podcast, we ask that you please help us spread the light by leaving a review on Apple Podcast so that more people could discover our content. Thank you so much, blessed soul. Oh, wow. I like this question. Wow, this girl. Uh, phew, great. Um, she's a practitioner of you know, past lives. She's apparently done a few. She says that there is a pivotal life for her that she has looked at many times uh already like this she knows this is one of her major lives she um she um, takes a lot of pride in having lived that so it's it's a really good life um but she says that every time she regresses she sees like a slightly different version of it she's like I'm not seeing you know there there is continuity and she's like some of these feels very consistent like some parts of that life and then some parts of that life, it's like almost like she's seeing different versions of that life. So her question is, how can I trust what I see? And how can I trust that I really did live that if every time I kind of descend into that um, experience, I see slight variations of that life, including even slightly different outcomes of like the end of life, right? So like different types of, um, you know, death and, um, you know, different circumstances, etc. I love this question. Here's why. Okay, first things first, right? Enough of you are experiencing all kinds of doubts around past life regression. Like literally, I think 60% of humanity having gone through this experience is like, whoa. Did, did, did what I just see real and also that's question number one or did I just make it up and uh, that's question number one two is was it even my life or was it somebody else a few thoughts here um hardly ever is your imagination so great that you would be able to just come up with all kinds of intricate situations and circumstances um as you would you know when you were doing a past life regression because if I like if, if I asked you to just tell a story randomly out of the blue enough of you are not going to be able to tell me a story but almost 100% of you are going to be able to see a past life right so in other words you are connecting to a record within the Akashic record field one of the records now whether that is your record or not your record you know there are some some possibilities around that Um, because in general there is you know um (laughs) the concept of mine versus not mine is not a very prevalent concept upstairs so because you here perceive yourself as this individual parts of the puzzle and by the way I'm going to get back to the original question that um, the lady asked but um let me finish up here um Essentially, I, because you perceive yourself as so different and so individual, your your perception of mine versus not mine is very hyperactivated, and literally a whole world could be divided into well, this is mine, this is not mine. Like this is my skirt and this is my shoe, or this is my pair of pants, and but that is not mine, and that is my friend's or whatever that my that is my parents. Um, there is not no such division upstairs so very often right you know um everything is considered to be either common knowledge or common property or everybody's property right so even if you lived a life of some great significance you would eventually uh put that life back into the bank with everybody else's life not because I mean, obviously, it'll go to your own Akashic Record field, but it'll also go to the, the field of the collective. Because as each individual part evolves, each individual part contributes to the larger bank. And that is how everybody else gets to evolve too. Because evolution is such a painfully slow process that souls team up and they use all kinds of resources to try to speed it up somehow. And one way to do that is actually to share past lives. So there is no pride of ownership of past lives and I actually urge you to stop having pride of ownership of, of past lives and that's why I actually think that your fears around did I see the correct one and did I not see the correct one is a little bit irrelevant because whichever the life you saw is perfect and it serves you and you should treat it as yours for all intents and purposes every life that has ever lived on some level is your life. Because you belong to the same consciousness that I call source of which everything came. And you're essentially a fractal of that consciousness, right? So me versus mine, uh, sorry, me, mine versus like them and theirs is a little bit of an irrelevant construct, right? Um, that's one. Um, then very often or enough enough so for the lives that you would recognize to be like famous or whatnot You know, there are many streams that have contributed their light into one particular body so that that mission can be taken on and taken over. Not only that, but there may be multiple groups of souls that have played that role in the computer game over time. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Are you ready? (laughs) I don't think you're ready for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's talk Jesus. Um, There is a role of Jesus written up um, in the framework of the game called Planet Earth. There have been many souls that played this game over time. The last Jesus was a combination of, what is it, 46 souls or so? that were meaningfully participating in in the entity of Jesus. Now, there was one sponsoring entity of Jesus, but there were a lot of others. And then up to 200 spirits that in some way, shape, or form also sponsored the entity of Jesus. As in, think of it as if you have a business, imagine Jesus was an enterprise, but to be able to make it happen, you need a certain level of energy. Like a certain, in the same way, like a business needs startup capital. And let's say you need a million dollars to get it off the ground. If your soul has a million dollars, good luck. Like, you know, you you can just start the startup of Jesus yourself. But, you know, these types of cornerstone pillar incarnations generally require more than one stream. And so your soul would go about and, you know, around and recruit other souls to um, kind of participate with you. And they're all going to give you whatever cash they have, essentially spiritual currency, right? Now, when I say 200 participated, they all donated a little bit. It's like, well, you're raising a million dollars and they donated 10 bucks. Does it mean that they had a meaningful investment like in in terms of the energy of Jesus? No, but does it mean they participated? Yes, they did. Because even if they bought like, like even if they invested $1, they they have stake in the enterprise. But that's not what's going to blow your mind. What's going to blow your mind is the entity of Jesus has been embodied over 5,000 times by different sets of beings in in, in this game of, um, uh, in this collective game. As in, whoever is the sponsoring entity or entities, they know exactly the experience that Jesus is supposed to go through. You know, there are some levels of variations, but there are essentially three main paths for Jesus, you know, and two of them end up with being uh, crucified. But uh, there have been literally 5,000 groups of souls that have played that game. So when you say that there's just one, it's actually really ridiculous because at this point it's like such a collective archetype and such a collective mission. And it's not yours by any stretch of imagination. I'm not saying that either of you thinks you know you're Jesus, but I'm just explaining to you. Very often, by the way, the skeptics are the people that don't believe in like past life regression. Um, they're like, of course, well, everybody who descends, you know, they're like Napoleon or whatever, or Alexander the Great, and well, the answer is actually no. Most of the lives you're going to see are not Napoleon or Alexander the Great. It's actually hardly ever that you remember yourself as like a famous person. But also, again, like I said, this is a shared space. And essentially, um, whatever life you lived, you know, every single life is going to be uploaded to the greater Akashic record field. And anybody can download that for themselves. Um, you know how like, um, I don't know if this is going to be like a good um, analogy for you, depending if you have like an iPhone or not. But you know how like with Apple Music, You can just stream something or you can download the song. Um, So essentially in the Akashic record field, there's a little bit of a similar type of situation. Like you can download a song to your own hard drive as you're kind of descending into an incarnation to always have it with you when there is no spiritual Wi-Fi, if that makes sense. So some souls prior to incarnating would choose to download some cornerstone archetypical lives um, so that they can access them you know, in, in, in a particular um, uh, incarnation without having access to the fullness of the Akashic Record field, if that makes sense. In other words, at this point in time, there are hundreds of thousands of souls incarnated on this, on this planet that have downloaded the blueprint of, of Jesus into their own field. It doesn't mean that they lived uh, that life, but they may have memories of, of 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 that. All right, that's that. We were going actually. I went on a complete tangent right now because what this lady is, I was asking me actually, and I'm just going to remind you. She was asking me how can she trust what she's seeing if she's seeing different variations of her own life. Love this question. Great question. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. Again, um. You know, because I, I know we have a lot of new listeners. So some of you, and like, the, actually the more we're going to, the deeper down this rabbit hole we're going to go, the more new listeners we're going to get. So um, I'm going to have to do some repetition. So if you've been with us since episode one, I apologize for being repetitive, but let's be considerate of everybody who is fresh off the boat and really new to the crew. Um, if you have heard me go on the rant about the concept of the multiverse, uh, then this is going to be repetitive information for you. Um, However, for those of you that have not heard, you're in for something quite interesting, I think. So your perception of this current incarnation or any incarnation that you live in is quite linear. What I mean by that is you, from your standpoint, you perceive that there is only one life as in one path that is your life and there is no other paths. For example, anytime you make a decision, right, you only know yourself as having made a particular choice choice a or choice b you know meat or fish i don't know marry this this person or marry that person um go study math or go study english right like from your perspective you would never move on down both of these paths you would just choose one what happens in actuality is both of these choices are being activated especially for choices that are critical now, maybe if it's like tea or coffee in the morning, that's not going to trigger a whole new branch within this one particular incarnation. But it, if it's like marriage to one person as opposed to marriage to the other person, that will definitely trigger a whole new subset, not a subset, but a whole new branch of, of um, this life. When you die, there is, as a general rule, all of these multiple versions of this one incarnation, obviously all of them end differently, they all have different outcomes, sometimes very dr- dramatically different outcomes, sometimes slightly different outcomes. They would be collapsed into one record in the Akashic record field. Very often I see there's like an optimal path that is chosen, essentially it's chosen by a higher self because that is the path of the most evolution for that particular soul. In order to be able to kind of like save hard drive space, and I say that with a great take that, take that with a grain of salt, there's no hard drive space, but kind of is. Uh, it's a good proxy for what happens. The other lies the other suboptimal paths are being erased, and only one optimal path is being uploaded. What happened in the case with this woman is actually something different. What her um, what her higher self apparently decided was that it's going to preserve records of multiple pathways for a particular incarnation for whatever reason. It may be that there is more than one optimal path, or it may be that there are three or four, however many optimal paths because each of them presents a different learning in that case. And it's more of an exception than the rule. This only happens in like three to 4% of cases at most. Um, when multiple records of the same incarnation get uploaded to your akashic record field this is exactly what happens and so when this woman goes to remember her past lives what ends up happening is she sometimes gets onto one path and other times she gets onto the other in other words all of them are correct it's a yes universe you guys the universe is kind of like you know there's <laughs> that's the funny part right like the universe tends to answer yes to most things, right? Um, and in, in this particular case, the answer is all of the above are correct. Like you've essentially lived all of them. So don't you doubt your own perception because of like these slight tweaks in the variations of, 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 of your incarnation. Um, I would like to take one more question from the collective. Uh, anything that serves humanity around reincarnation, Around past lives. Well, maybe not reincarnation specifically, but only if it relates to past lives. Um, Please ask away. Oh, wow. We're going deep, you people. I love your questions. Okay. Whoever asked that is a freaking genius. The question is this. Can I rewrite my past life if I don't like it? The answer is yes, please and thank you. Yes, absolutely. Why not? Absolutely, yes, you can. Again, like I said, this is a yes universe. You have complete and utter free will. If you see a past life and you don't like it, chances are you not only not only do you have access codes to rewrite it, but chances are your your guides are going to let you do that. And in rewriting your past life. What would happen, like, especially if you're rewriting an old pattern, what would happen is actually a lot of the karma can get dropped. How do you rewrite a past life? Many ways. There's literally, like, many ways to skin the cat. One, you can legitimately just do the first. You actually want to review that in great detail before rewriting it. Very often, lives have milestones. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, every, I don't know, few years or so, there is a milestone. Uh, milestones are essentially like the different points of the template of human existence I don't know um, getting married having a child getting the first job all of these milestones right so y- you would need to kind of like remember all, all of the milestones or make notes for yourself and then essentially you just want to write an essay of how you wish this life happened but only you write it as if it did happen that way and by the virtue of you writing that the old code is going to be rewritten that's one I'll give you one more way one way to rewrite your past life is through a point in your body but we're going to be working in your on uh, on the energy side um, energetically there is um, that point in the back of your spine that vertebrae that we already worked with before and essentially it's a vertebrae that is right uh, on the opposite side of thymus gland. Thymus is essentially your, your complete zero of your body. So thymus is on the front side of your body. It's also called your higher heart. Again, for those of you that this is repetitive information, I do apologize because I talk about thymus a lot. I talk about the great, great zero of your body a lot. But if you're in a standing position with your arms outstretched parallel to the floor, imagine you there there there's a vertical axis that is going through the spinal cord and then there is a horizontal axis that is going through your the um essentially your um the hands your hands and at the intersection of these two axes, there is a point that is point zero that essentially is on the front side your thymus gland but in the back side there is this vertebrae in the back it kind of is the one that's protruding it's at the base of your neck kind of uh, between the two shoulder blades this is your access point to a lot of things one of the access points to the matrix this is also your access points to point to rewrite the codes of your past life what you want to do is you want to take specifically a part a portion of your past life that bothers you whatever you did Or whatever happened to you that you think is suboptimal. I want you to literally take like a massive eraser. Erase that. Because essentially it's a painting. Or like a a movie. Where you get to do whatever you want with that slide. And you get to drop in whatever your version. That you want to have happened. You know what is that ideal circumstance. Now imagine it. In as much detail as you possibly can. Once you imagine it. I want you to encapsulate that into the sphere of light as in imagine that that image gets cocooned in into in, in, in inside of a sphere of light and then it gets minimized 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 into like a baby sphere and that sphere essentially gets dropped into that vertebrae that we just talked about like like literally gets inside that vertebrae And then as it drops inside of that vertebrae, it essentially just goes down your spinal cord and just like falls, like just let it fall, like, you know, uh, fall fall to kind of like somewhere inside of your body. And that is essentially how you rewrite uh, the, the memory and the code that is associated with the past life. It can and it will erase a big chunk of karma associated with that. As much karma as is allowed to be erased by the karmic board. Either way, it's going to be night and day. And I encourage you to rewrite your past lives if you see something that bothers you. That is a great question. Thank you so much. Um, do we have one more question that is going to serve humanity at this time as it relates to past lives? I'm ready to take it. Okay. The question is, what happens if I have a weak connection? Uh, a couple of things. Um a, practice makes perfect. So don't despair if at first you're starting, you know, you see things that are fuzzy uh, or, you know, um, you know you're know, you not able to hear the voices or they, they come out like very muddy. What is going to be helpful is a full, essentially what, what, you know, what we need to do is work on your energy body and your some of your pathways are probably blocked. There are a few main pathways. So first things first, I would start with a full chakra cleanse. Kind of rudimentary, but we definitely want to make sure that none of your chakras are blocked. There are a ton of chakra cleansing, chakra unblocking meditations and exercises on YouTube, on the web. You don't need me for that. Chakra healing is like the most basic form of energy work that exists. Like you don't need me for that at all whatsoever so you definitely want to make sure that you are specifically paying attention to the throat chakra the third eye chakra and the crown chakra if either of these blocked if either of these are blocked you're going to experience different levels of distortion around looking at past lives that's one two you want to make sure that there are no blockages in any of your vertebrae Again, your spinal cord actually is exceptionally connected to your past lives, whether you realize this or not, as well as the whole backside of your body represents the past or the experiences that have already been lived or experiences that have already been had. So if you happen to have back issues, there may be a correlation with you not being able to see your past lives because any type of distortion in your back is generally Um, A sign that you haven't come to terms fully with your past or some of your incarnations. Same thing with any issues in your spine. Like if you have any type of distortion, there is work that needs to be done on your spinal cord. What I would want you to do energetically on your spinal cord is imagine that you're essentially in the meditative state. You're taking your spinal cord apart, like um, vertebrae by vertebrae. And you wanna do a complete, like, flushing. Um, like, you wanna flush, like, light or water um, between each of the vertebrae. Like, you wanna clean um, this, like, connective tissue between the vertebrae. So, you wanna make sure that there is no dirt, debris anywhere. And you literally wanna go vertebrae by vertebrae, which is kind of like, may take, like, a good 15, 20 minutes to do that cleanse. And then you want to make sure that um, all of your pathways in your body are open. And you want to start with the main pathway. And that main pathway is the pathway of your spinal cord. So what you want to imagine is that your spinal cord is essentially a highway. For people that are not able to see their past lives, I see that highway being exceptionally blocked. As in one of your vertebrates is going to be so congested it's going to act as a bottleneck so no in, no energy can go up and no energy can go down. A normal highway operates in both ways. It's not just the upward direction or it's not that just the downward trajectory. Your normal highway needs to do both very effectively. So what you want to do is you want to you would first want to imagine that there is a source of light somewhere above your head. For this for all intents and purposes it doesn't really matter for us what the source of light is, just know that it's good light. Um and you want to kind of like imagine like a down downward stream, almost like a waterfall falling on the crown of your head and it like goes down um, on the backside and it cleanses and, it, uh, you know, it goes through all of your vertebrae and it's like a downward movement on that highway. And you want to imagine that it's that stream is going down, it's unobstructed. If you find any aspect where the traffic, so to say, of the light from up, to down um slows down you really want to pay attention to that part of your body and you want to clean clean it up again either with water holy water if you will or with light Um, you can use the white flame you can use the golden flame for that you can use the violet flame which is your favorite flame of transmutation You can just really actually, why don't you use a violet flame since you love it so much? Uh, The violet flame is a really, really good flame for uh, deep healing work um, of, of, of this nature. So if there is a blockage, just place a violet flame right in that spot of your spinal cord that feels congested and it's going to really help you, assist you and aid you. start moving those energies now again what you want to do is you want to make sure that that highway is really wide so one thing that apart from like the stream being able to go down freely from um you know um from that um downward waterfall you want to make sure that you you actually want to increase the diameter um of of the highway or like the width of the highway because this is another thing as i'm scanning humanity this is another especially in men not enough information is coursing through your spinal cord. You really want to remove those constrictions and restrictions. Otherwise, you're always going to have fuzzy images, or you know, some some lapse, some lapses, and just have like a difficult time overall um, as you look into your past lives. So just increase the size, and as the size increases, you, you know, the diameter of that highway increases, which essentially are your energy pathways, kind of like your meridians if you're familiar with the Eastern medicine. But you really want to increase the size. Like double, triple. Um, And then, you know, essentially they're kind of like tubes. And I know I've just described them as a highway. But these are highways inside of the tubes. You want to make sure that these tubes are not blocked. You know how blood vessels sometimes get blocked with um, um, cholesterol? It's kind of like that. Um, You know, when, when there's so much dirt and debris. Like all kind of schmuck just gets like attached to these energetic pathways. And that's why it would prevent... Perfectly good information from coming through. So you want to do like a spring cleaning again with light or the violet flame, um, you know, all throughout uh, this pathway. And then you want to imagine, like once you're done with a downward stream, you want to do the same thing with an upward stream. Now you want to imagine that there's a source of light from, you know, um, underneath your feet. And now you want to imagine that it's kind of like shooting light up or shooting water up. And and in the same, like the same pathway now is uh, moving energy from down to up and you want to still pay attention to the same exact issues um, as before and you want to make sure that there are no constrictions that the diameter is healthy you want to expand the diameter and again use the violet flame to remove any obstacles that may be there so that is what you want to do if you feel like you're not able to see anything successfully But also make sure you're doing a past life regression. If you're having trouble, make sure you're doing that when you're well rested and not depleted. Because there could also be that like you may just not have enough uh, free energy kind of like floating around for you to be able to focus. But um, these are kind of like, you know, quick rules of thumb as well. But practice makes perfect. You know, the more you train your third eye, the more you train your inner eye, the crisper your images are going to become so Don't despair and don't give up. Because if you think back to old things that you learned how to do, like writing and reading, Rome wasn't built in a day. So just have patience. I know, patience is a virtue, people. Patience is a virtue. I am ready for one last question, I think, for today. Anything that has to do with past lives, I'm ready to receive, as long as it serves humanity. Yes. Um, The question is, is there, like, any fun way... Uh, you know, fun ways that we could remember something as a group. Um, as in, you know, um, essentially, <sighs> if, if my friend and I met in a past life, would we be able to both remember the same exact thing? And the answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Um, the the trouble would be aligning actually with a friend. Um Aligning on which uh, which memory uh, to see. Because again, their, their lives are so plenty. And here's, here's the kicker though. Here's the kicker. You both may have lived the same exact incarnation. But whatever your higher self uploaded to their Akashic record field. And his or her higher self uploaded to their Akashic record field. May have been different versions of that same life. Because of the concept of the multiverse. So whereas it is actually beyond possible right to have these collective group remembrance type things and existences it's actually you know for your own sake maybe I wouldn't do that just because if you start comparing your notes and the other person's notes they might not match up but not because it didn't happen and not because you just made everything up but because the two versions that get uploaded to your respective Akashic record fields were very different. Yeah, were very different. One thing that, I mean, it could be fun, right? And one way to align would actually be, like the easiest way I find to align would be for one person to look at the life first, right? And then um, tell what they've seen to their partner, to the other person they want to work in tandem with, But don't give them, like, all the details. Like, just give them, like, a couple of milestones. Just enough so that that person can connect to the same lifetime. And when that other person um, goes into that space intentionally, right, and looks at the same lifetime by being, by requesting to see that from the universe, then it's really, really fun to compare notes. Because one thing that I find with past life regressions, right, um obviously you know most people would never spend more than two hours per life just like looking looking back at different things that happened obviously your life is thousands upon thousands of hours right so what you would zero on and focus on is going to be very different from what the other person would focus on as well and so actually comparing notes could be a really really fun way to build a bigger picture so you know um, if, if you know that you've incarnated with somebody, especially if it was a pivotal life, I do recommend uh to compare notes because I think that is a very very fun exercise. Um, really quick before we part ways. For those of you that don't know how to do past life regressions, we did an episode on past life regression. I'm not gonna give you an uh, a meditation right now because it could be quite lengthy. To be, to be honest, for me to fully regress you the way I want you, I would need 40 minutes. Um, and maybe one day I'll just make like a separate episode um, about that and or maybe I'll I'll just give you like different 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 versions Uh, a couple of tricks right just so you understand like with past life regression uh, very often the types of techniques that are being used are regressive techniques and that's why they're called regression the moving backwards the whole basis of regressing techniques is you essentially feeling like you're moving backwards in time from this current moment into the past as in a younger version of you and then uh, essentially progressing down to the very childhood and then essentially the way that like so you would um you would kind of like uh, rewind time five years at a time if you're like looking for a general framework, you know. So whatever ye- age you are, like you would need to think of an in instance where well, you're five years younger, ten years younger, fifteen years younger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then when you're like a baby, then you would want to remember yourself in the mother's womb that's like a really really pivotal memory and then prior and then you would want to you know once you get present to the feeling of your mother's womb you would want to remember yourself prior to that you know potentially as you were selecting that incarnation right um and you know from there you would be able to essentially descend or find um um, find that incarnation so just kind of like regressing back um you know through through time may be helpful other ways uh, of going back to a past life could be any type of backwards movement, whether you feel you're like just running backwards or walking backwards or you're floating up on, on, this, um, on, on a cloud and just floating back, back, back in time and space. That could be helpful. Any type of like moving a driving motion when you're like on a boat, but the boat is moving backwards instead of, you know, forward in the stream. All of these are like tricks for you to be able to do that. Is that the only way to regress? Absolutely freaking not. Um, there are other ways to do a past life regression. Again, this is not a guided meditation, but, you know, just FYI. Um, There is also a concept uh, or like a space essentially um, that we can refer to as the capsule space. So from the perspective of your higher self, right? Like one way to do that is to connect from the space of your higher self, your higher self, you know, Uh, this would work especially well for these people for the 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 people that already have a a relationship established with their higher self and they kind of like have that down pat and you know they get guidance from their higher self which I know is you know a significant percentage of you obviously not everybody by the way there is an episode on the higher self and how to connect that we did and I think maybe even more than one um, at this point Um, so one way to connect to past lives is imagine that you are in a sea not a sea in in, in, a, in a space essentially and you are in this particular case you are um, going to be viewing this from the perspective of your higher self and imagine that all around you there are pods and inside of the pods are different um, essentially bodies that are laying in the pods and it kind of like maybe I don't know if you've seen the Matrix movie when when Neo like looks at these know seas of like or I think it's the machine city where there are pods of people uh, maybe it's a morbid analogy because that's not how it actually looks because there are no um I mean in in these pods people or like beings they just sleep it's not necessarily like anything attached to their bodies or any anybody feeding off of them so I don't know if that's like a bad analogy but essentially there are pods and inside of the pods um Um, there's a being and each of this pod represents like a life Um, in the same way that we used uh, you and I just used an analogy of the corridor you can use the analogy of the 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 the, the space with the pods and um, you may ask the universe to show you a particular life and a particular pod is going to light up based on your request so you want to walk up to that pond you would want to open that pod not pond sorry pod I mean, a pod, obviously. You want to open up that pod and like you look at, look at the being that is sleeping there. Right? Again, not for the faint of heart. And then the one way, the one way that you would be able to regress and look at their life is essentially you would imagine that you're kind of like laying down in the pod as your higher self, as your spirit, as your soul. And you're kind of merging with that body. You're kind of like animating that body as almost like... It's almost if like um that body was like a set of clothing. Um and you would kind of like just connect to it. And the way you would do that is like your finger to finger, you know, neck to neck, you would kind of like kind of like be dropped into that body. And when that full connection happens, you would close your eyes and then you would like softly wiggle your fingers and wiggle your toes and like start like stretching your neck a little bit, and then you would want to stand up. With your eyes closed. And I, I mean like close in a meditation so you don't have to physically stand up. I hope that that's clear. Um, and then you would stand up from the pod essentially and open your eyes. And you know you would focus first on your hands. And then essentially that room with pods is going to disappear. And you're going to be transfer transformed or transported into that life. So that is another way to do a past life regression through the virtue of uh, by by the virtue of the help of your higher self um essentially what you know the proxy for this room and what, what what this pod room is is like one visual representation of your personal uh, akashic record field like it doesn't you know the library is not the only representation this is also another representation the bo- bonus of this way the bonus of this way is that it does not require for you to you to move backwards not everybody um likes that and everybody enjoys that it's also long well, like a longer period whereas like this connection could be like two minutes and you you can start like regressing and or you can start looking at past lives so this is a faster process the drawback of this is it would require for you to have a, some semblance of connection with your higher self and you know like a, essentially like a larger level of awareness so yeah no it may not be the lowest hanging fruit but again I I just you know I'm here to offer you as many frameworks as as as, um um, you know could be helpful to you at this point in time so yeah that hands I wanted to share that awesome well thank you so much for participating today per usual your questions make my day they are amazing, awesome. I never know what's going to come through the collective. You always surprise me in the best possible way. I mean, honestly, you guys are so insightful and so above and beyond like my wildest expectations. I just want to give you so much credit. And yeah, I, I hope that this was really helpful to you guys. And I really do so hope that you would um, start using what you learned today because practice is really, <laughs> is really the whole point of this. I mean, theory is good, but I, you know, I, I encourage you to do a past life regression, uh, if not today, in the coming week. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully uh, it all works out. Um, Yeah, that's that. And I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot more about past life regressions. Thank you so much for being here with me today and have a great day. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit ThisIsMaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergei. It is T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A dot com. We hope to see you in future episodes.